You are listening to At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Each week, our team at Wakarusa Missionary Church invites you to join us for a conversation around the topics that shape our lives at home and beyond. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. But you know, hey, not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 15. We're in season two, episode 15 of At Home, the podcast with Walkie MC. Good to have each and every one of you with us. Uh, Today, we are continuing on in our conversation around discipleship. We're, We're trying to name discipleship. We're trying to give definition to it. Um, but not just give definitions, really. We want to invite people into a conversation uh, about where they are personally in their discipleship journey. And uh, we throw, like we discussed last time, we throw the word discipleship around so much in our in our churches, and, and sometimes it has this kind of unclear definition. And so uh, we want to, again, re-identify what it is that we're talking about when we talk about discipleship. But then we want to talk about what stages in the discipleship journey look like. Because I, I know, uh, Angie and Chris, uh, I know so often that, you know, I've just, I've, I've made the assumption that one day you're not a disciple and the next you are a disciple and then ta-da, that's, that's it. But really there is a journey and there is a, there's a process uh, that we see, and that's a, that's a, a, a biblical reality. So, Chris, help us um, help us talk through kind of the tool that we use that that, that we've kind of, and as we've partnered with the, our friends at the Relational Discipleship Network. Talk to us about the tool, the the stages um, that kind of define what it is we're talking about when we talk about discipleship, and then how that helps us um, as we look to grow. Uh, and we look to uh, bring others alongside of us. So it sounds like you just handed me the podcast and said, "Hey, tell Perfect. us the rest of <laughs> yeah. tell us the rest of the story." <laughs> All the time. Uh, Joel, you set it up really well. Uh, it is a resource. It is a tool, and I like how you set it up, saying, "You know, one day you're not a disciple, and the next day, ta-da, you're a disciple." Uh, let me let me start there for yeah. just a second because we do live in a very uh, religious area. We live in an Amish. Mennonite community, for those of you who are not familiar with where Wakarusa is and who are listening from somewhere else around the world, uh, a very Amish Mennonite, very religious area. Going to church is a cultural norm for many uh, generations uh, that have passed through this area. So a lot of times I think people make themselves feel like they are spiritually mature because they say, well, I've been attending church for 11 years now. Mm. Uh, therefore I must be spiritually mature. And then you can go up from there. You know, I, you know, I was born in this church, uh, and it's not, not even taking into consideration. What have I done with Jesus as much as it's, yeah, I asked Jesus to be my savior. Uh, maybe haven't even changed my lifestyle. Uh, I haven't really been transformed, uh, into his image, but I have attended for a long time. Therefore, I must be spiritually mature. And, and you know, it comes around time to nominate elders and so on. And, and people say, well, they've been in the church a long time. Well, that doesn't make them spiritually mature. Mm. They just have sat here for a long time. Uh, they haven't had anything else to do on a Sunday, <laughs> uh, apparently. So, uh, what does this tool or this resource do for us? And so uh, we refer to it as the wheel, uh, but as we talk through it today, I want to talk through it as a life stage. Yeah. Uh, I like how life stages play themselves out. 
uh, Sean and I are uh, parents of two children. Uh, before we had kids, it was just two of us. And uh, one day we found out we're going to have a baby. And and so Corbin begins to grow inside Shauna's womb. And then one day, uh, see, <laughs> she's going to kill me for saying this. I don't even know why I'm saying this right now, but I already started, so I might as well finish. I'm excited. So Corbin, <laughs> Corbin uh, had to be an emergency C-section. So every time his birthday comes around, he does not say it yeah, was he, my birthday. Yeah. He says this was my eviction day, <laughs> uh, and <laughs> that's how he refers to it. Yep. Uh, but Corbin was born, and now he is an infant. Uh, he needs everything done for him. He needs uh, cared for. He needs somebody to wrap him up, to clothe him. He needs somebody to comfort him. He needed somebody to feed him, to change his diapers, to help him develop every aspect of his life. You know, you start to learn to crawl, and then you start to learn to walk, and you're teaching him things not to touch. You're teaching him things that are okay to handle. Uh, They grow into a child. That's the goal. And uh, then children become very self-centered. I mean, that's really the reality, isn't it? They become self-centered. It's all about them. Uh, me, I want that. This isn't what I want. That's mine. Give it to me. It's my timetable. It's me. It's right now very selfish, very child-centered. Thank the Lord. They grow out of that stage eventually and uh, become teenagers, which is a whole nother ball game. Uh, they're starting to find some independence. They're starting to gain some desire to not have mom and dad have to be the ones to tell them and care for them and do everything uh, for them. And so they start to gain some independence. But with that, it starts to develop this desire in them to determine, what do I want to do with my life? Who am I going to become? What is it that I feel like maybe God's calling me into? How do I think of others besides just myself? How do I leave my mark on humanity? Um, How do I invest in it? And then someday, Lord willing, um, he'll be married, and perhaps Sean and I will be grandparents because they will have reproduced. I like the life stages because— They really paint a whole series of intentional growth along the way, and each phase required intentional parenting on our part. And so when we look at the life stages uh, through the spiritual lens, you can see a lot of great similarities. How about I pause for for a second and let you weigh in? Yeah, so because Angie, I think about as we're talking about kids and and development – that being so uh, so near to to the areas that you focus on when when we would when when we see a a young person um failing to mature it like physically speaking cuz cuz Chris has kind of identified the failing phys- to thrive yeah, yeah. failing mm-hmm. failing to thrive mm-hmm. we throw up all kinds of yeah all kinds of red flags right they're they're going they're they're seeing a physician we're seeing a specialist thing, mm-hmm. things like that what what do we do um, at the initial stage, transferring that into spiritual infancy? When when because we obviously are young people, we're not expecting them to come prepackaged with all of the the spiritual maturity that they're going to have in their life. Right? This is a, a discipleship journey. As we're saying, there is growth for you in your experience. What what questions do we need to ask? And what practices do we need to put in place to move our our our, our kiddos, like because we can just start it at physical children, into a trajectory of growth and of maturity toward 
toward childhood and then toward toward the the next steps. What what's so vital um, to see that happen? Well, I think awareness is probably <clears throat> the first thing that you have to be aware of development. You have to be conscious of who you are and also who the people are around you. So that's mm-hmm. conscious awareness, self awareness, um, social awareness. But I want to I want to step back before I enter into that exact answer. I think we often misunderstand this word disciple, just like you said, both of you, that we often think that conversion makes Uh, a disciple. That's great. And I think we often are not aware of this little slice of the pie that is in the wheel that we don't talk about very much, which is the which is the dead person, which we went through this physically. What do you, ha- when somebody's dead, they don't have a heartbeat. They don't have any feelings. They don't have a mind to think. And we have to think spiritually, like in a community that we live, that there are spiritually dead people. They may not think like Jesus. They may, they may not even know and have a heartbeat for other people. Those that's just a, that's a, just an and understanding. They may, be, they may be grown adults who have lived a lot of life, chronologically speaking, but in terms of their spirit of their spiritual maturity, they're not even at the infant stage. They are, they are dead. They're dead, dead. And I, and I know that's a harsh word. We don't like to say that in um, the reality of the physical term. We don't like to say, Oh, you know, dead, but that in the spirit, yep. they are dead. They do not have an awareness of Christ. New they Testament, do not have yeah. Yeah. New Testament language. So in that the awareness is where we as believers who are um, making disciples and being a disciple. So you have to be a disciple before you make a disciple. And so I think our awareness is so important. Am I, where am I on the wheel? As a parent, where am I on the wheel? So that then I can understand where the people are around me. And then I think the second question, the second is ask good questions because you have to ask good questions of yourself and you have to ask good questions of the people around you. And so then as you begin to um, identify, okay, I may be an adult, but have I really learned how to be um, unselfish, a little bit patient, maybe um, pursue something outside of myself or my own wants? Well, you know, a child, yep. you got you to gotta really challenge them to look outside their wants. They have a lot of energy and they have a lot of desire and they're very curious but to look outside themselves. And so you have to start asking the right questions, even of yourself. And so I think those are the two things, awareness and probably asking the right questions. So when you're as a parent, you're doing this with your children at home, guess who you're doing with it? You're doing it with yourself yeah, first. That's so great. And then bringing the people with you around that's, you. That's so good. So Chris, we, we've said, okay, so there is a spiritual death and then one day, we come into trust into Jesus and, and the, the, the pit that we don't want to fall into is confusing our conversion and putting trust into Jesus as the one-stop shop for all of discipleship. Like, Oh, I became a disciple and I'm, and I'm there, which to, to Angie's point, um, we can't let ourselves off the hook or those that were in, in, in relationship, relationship with, with or who have been entrusted to. So we move out of death and now we're in, we're in our infant stages, uh, spiritually speaking. We're in our infant stages, and again, that infancy, that infant stage might be at forty years old. It might be at four years old. Whatever, whatever the case is. Um, which I, I just don't feel like. By the way, like we we don't have apart from and this. Is why we're having this conversation? We don't have great frameworks for how to engage 
like a 40 year old person who has entered into a big conversion. A, like we yeah. don't understand how to, how to right, actually Cause it's tie like you're old. In. You should know things, right? Like you should, you should, you should be. Well, that's grown because up. we've established this the same way that, I mean, we've talked a little bit about this as the, as society has increased in knowledge, the church kind of increased in this understanding that, well, you come to church, we created all these systems, we created all this structure. Did Jesus have any systems and structure while he was there in the three years walking with the disciples? He kind of went and did what yeah. God was showing him. He didn't have a, okay, we all sit down in the pews now and we learn, or we go to Sunday school and we learn, and then we go out. And I and I think that's where we've just really hijacked this whole discipleship process as a church that it has to happen on Sunday. And unfortunately that's the one day that it usually doesn't happen because you're only listening. You're only intaking information. Discipleship is actually intaking and actually living it out and going outside of yourself. So Chris, let's say we've, we've got the person in our life. They've, they've come to faith in Jesus. They are out of death. They are now at the spiritual infancy rate. What, for those of us that are walking with them, with those folks, let's just take that perspective real quick. What does the spiritual infant need? What what is what is our mindset to be um, as someone who is trying to come alongside of them? What what is most helpful? Because it can feel like if you've got a new Christian or someone who has maybe come back to Jesus or whatever, I, the sense of responsibility there is, is real. Um, but if I'm honest, sometimes I get a, it feels a, there's some anxieties that exist within me because I'm not, because it's like, I want to make sure that I'm, I'm ministering to them where they are at, which is why we're having this conversation from your perspective. What's helpful, uh, when, when you're with that, when you're with that person? Well, you ask the question, what do they need? They need people to invest in them. They need people to walk alongside them. Unfortunately, what has happened in our church culture is, uh, we have people who have never been discipled now handling people who just come to Christ. And, and the, the issue is we've tended to tell them, just sit here and listen. Uh, try to take that excitement that you have and kind of tap it down just a little bit. Uh, you'll learn how to interact and work in this environment. Mm. And we've sucked the life out of the joy that uh, you had mentioned, like a 40-year-old has just found in Jesus because we're not used to that. And it's a shame because this should really be the norm, right? Yeah. So what do they need? They need somebody to share life with them. That means intentional. That means not just saying, hey, I'll see you every seventh day when you come to church, I'll sit with you. That's mm-hmm. one aspect of it. But I need to be able to say, hey, what are you doing on Tuesday? Let's grab lunch. Let's talk. Where are you struggling? What do you, what do you need to know? Here are some truths that I can share with you. These are some principles you need to understand about this new life that you have in Jesus Christ. Uh, you need somebody to start sharing some new habits because surely they don't have the habits. But here's the deal. The church has to be okay with people not getting it. Yeah, right. Right? And and that means well they don't act like a they don't act like a Christian. You're right. They're they are an infant. That's yeah. why. And sometimes uh, you know, yeah, and the infants not, have to change habits because they've yeah. only known 
the, but, but the we other act, side. We act like going back to life stage. We act like a, like an infant should come out shaving. I don't know many <laughs> who did that. Maybe Dustin. I don't know. Maybe Austin. <laughs> but but not many infants came out shaving. Yeah. Right. But we act like why? Well, I don't know why they don't. Well, we'll just let them sit here long enough, and they'll learn yeah. to do these things. And that's just not reality. That honestly, when you think about it through a life stage, isn't it foolish to assume that we're going to leave an infant sit there, not invest in their life, and they're going to intentionally grow, but grow healthy. And we got to remember, I mean, it's the growth that we're seeing in the person is the work of the Holy Spirit in their in their life, right? And so surprise, surprise, people that have uh, not recently been filled with the Holy Spirit tend to act like people who have not been filled with the Holy Spirit. Like it, it's consistent. You know, we have this theology about transformation in the lives of people, about what God does and the work that he does in them. And yet... I think, and I, I've been guilty of this previously too, where it, but it's like we want the results of Christian maturity from people who have no reason to be mature in Christ yet, like or or you know who are maybe still early on on the journey. And it's so it's because uh, I hear you saying a lot of things of and there's a lot of focus on conformity and and kind of like learning by osmosis, but yeah, but really discipleship is a hand it's a it's a team sport and it's a hands-on sport here's a good question to measure by all right are we more prone to tell somebody what to stop doing or what to start mm. doing wow right now that changes yeah. the tone uh you know in a legalistic society we tend to say hey stop doing these things not start mm -hmm. doing these things because as you're starting to transition to a life for Christ you will pick up new habits new habits allow, allowing the lord to play his part in this uh let him do the transformation work in the life but here's some great new habits i mean yeah here's some things you you could consider stopping they're not healthy for you they're not good uh but let's start talking more about what you should be putting on not what you should be taking off that's great and as we put things on it shoves other things out the out the door like that's the uh that's a very it's a proactive approach toward uh toward transformation and change okay so we've talked about death which we all <laughs> we always love the death talk we've talked about infancy okay now now the believer they've they've worked through and this can be so maybe this is true of your life if you're listening um okay i've gone from death to infancy and i'm trying to grow and now mm -hmm. i'm entering into my childhood stage this ne this next stage this next step for the person who's walking alongside the the child in faith again the next question is what what is our part in that relation in that relationship and then for the person who um is in that childhood stage what's what what do they need? What do they need to be doing? Well, Joel, I, this is actually one of my favorite stages because a child is curious. They have energy. They have desire to grow. They want to learn. I know we often say they're self-centered and we look at the negatives. And I think the positives of this is that this is where a discipler that's walking with somebody can just like begin to see the growth actually happening. Like there's real... Um, change. And I often think too, that we, we get, this is the part where it becomes more than just you, but you begin connecting them outside yeah. of yourself. Like yeah. you've walked them, like you got those people that you have to like hold by the hand to make new changes in their life. Like 
whether it's it could be a, a marriage or it could be a habit that is destructive, but you're walking people who have come to see that come to Jesus moment and you're walking them out of this this stage that somebody has walked out of that that moment and that infant into I I see people around me. And this is where they begin to connect, connect to God, begin to learn God's truth, connect to other people, um, connect to the idea of um others in a in a body of believers and i just that's one of that's one of those big aha moments i know oftentimes we kind of get frustrated because we're like can these children grow up and mm-hmm. move out of it but i think there's a value to sure. it because yeah. it gives um the energy that a child brings in a in a childlike faith in god you can tell that two of us work with adults I know. and our fathers <laughs> and you can tell one had work with children Somebody's and is a mother Somebody's oh so i just want to talk about the good side of kids going know. are they ever going to grow up i Come know on. yeah it's a good Let's point go. I want to it throw is a true football. it is true but i think that you have to value that that moment because in that moment it it is actually when the light bulb goes on, yep. which I won't talk about how, like, I see the next thing being that light bulb stays on, sure. but the light bulbs go on in this stage. So we've moved yes. from saying, yes. okay, we need to share, we need to share faith, um, it, we need to share life, share truth, uh, share new habits. That's in, that's in our, our infancy stage. Going around, going around the wheel, going to the next stage, we're talking about connection here. Connect, connect, connect. Uh, connect them purpose to connect them to family and then we're also obviously connecting them to God. So that's that's the next stage. Now we get into Well, Joel, uh, and I want to tell parents this. This is the key stage. This is that 13 to 18 when you're in there, mm. you're connecting your kids to God. You're yep. talking. I call it the sweet spot when you're parenting that you get everybody on the same page and you can have a conversation. You're not quite there because Molly's Molly's coming. She's coming. But She's your trying. other three can have a conversation sure. and actually connect to God right. and connect to the purpose yep. that gives that. So I give that a picture in the developmental stage yep. that this is, man, parents, this is the time where your kids are fresh, they're energetic. Well, they're not necessarily energetic. They may not want to get out of bed, right? <laughs> some some mornings, namely a Tuesday morning uh, at 6.30, they might be... They might be a little, a little slow. A little slow. But yeah. as parents, this um, characteristic and this trait, can you can see this in so um, parenting very yep. easily. So then we go into the next stage. So after we're talking about the child stage, then it's like the young adult. Now, we all know I have a, for me, like... When I think about young adults, like a little warm fuzzy occurs in my heart because uh, biologically speaking, young adulthood is there. It's like this level of there's new ownership and new awarenesses of like of other people and their impact The some of the some of the some of the. some of the selfishness, like we're hopefully like the self-centeredness is kind of uh, making its making its way, uh, you know, it's, it's decreasing and an others focused uh, perspective is increasing. Um, but but that's a new like they're embracing it is beginning to walk toward adulthood and embracing new things. And that can be a really a, another great season of discovery. Um. Quite honestly, I think we've talked about this in faith communities. Not many people make it into young adulthood, if we're honest, and that's and that's on us as leaders, and and we have a responsibility in that. Um, 
so let me just ask, where do we get where do we get tripped up? Uh, make rounding the rounding the curve here toward the next stage of of development and, I, the, you mean and maturity. The fail, yeah, the failure to launch. There we is go. That what, is that the verbiage you want? That's that's a good way to. It's a good way <laughs> to say because in failure to launch is usually has to do with like a Joel apologized because what's the first part in this growth process? It's the equipping. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be an opportunity to learn. So guess what that means? It has to be a little bit of hands off. And unfortunately, leadership in America is not necessarily hands off. It's like, yeah. no, I want it to look like this. I right. want it to be like this. And and really, in discipleship, you take your hands off and you allow the person to explore their gifts, their abilities. And this is this is where I'm at in reality. Chris is probably there a little bit even with their kids. Um, your kids, you kind of have to help them see their potential, but then you got to let go and give them the opportunity to minister. And that's one of the, I, me personally, that's one of the hardest mm. things to do because you're entrusting them to do that. But I think it's such a blessing when yeah. that person gets it. Having, cause I hear you saying basically it's like, we're giving them some load bearing responsibility here in, in very real, in very real ways. So you asked the question, why do we fail to get to yeah. this level yeah, with so why? many people? I think it, I, in my opinion, I think it's because we've never helped them out of infancy. We just, ex, we just, we say, sit here. We say, hey, attend a Sunday school class, gain more knowledge, but we've never helped them to mature to this point. So yeah. we, we scratch our heads. We get frustrated. Why are there people that aren't getting it? Why don't they get it? Because there's one word that's missing and it's intentional. We've never been intentional to help them grow into this stage. You know, if I let Corbin and Brennan, uh, you know, not go to school and just sit around, you know, from their infancy, they wouldn't have the, the skill set to, to become a young independent adult because Throughout the whole process, we had to train them what it's going to be like to one day be there. So the failure to launch is really because we haven't done the intentional work to get them to that point to, to actually let them launch. And I see like in this in this stage, we talk about we talk about training, training them to minister. And boy, oh boy, is it all about <laughs> releasing like releasing them providing opportunities for yeah. them equipping like the intentionality thing is heavy here i i love scripture and i love how jesus sent his disciples out two by two and then they came back what i wish scripture would oh do i'm here with you i'm here with is you say what yes. that what, happened? what yes. that debrief went yeah, oh my gosh happened? because you know there's people like i oh, okay jesus got a question <laughs> <laughs> what did I do what about this? What do you do in this situation? What a, what a laboratory, though, right? Like Absolutely. A, a, a laboratory for discovery and for and I, I here's this is the Jesus that I think I that I in my mind this is not biblical. This is just Joel's like, like I just see Jesus getting a lot of chuckles, uh, a lot of a lot of like a good hearted like. Oh, oh, that's so great that you thought that would work. Let, how about we try this next time? You know, it's like providing a place to fail, to come up short, to be confused, all of that. But then, you know, recentering and and continuing on in the mission. And by the way, whatever it is that Jesus did apparently worked because we're sitting here today as the result of the ministry model and the discipleship model yeah. that he put in place. And I think that's that's a yeah. powerful testimony. But I itself. think what you what you just said is you there is involved risk, letting go, allowing a person to experiment, 
um, allowing failure. Hello, our yeah. everything that our society is not. <laughs> yeah. <And> so <laughs> it's like, hey, you know that thing? Uh, don't do that again. That, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm well aware. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. okay, but you and I, Chris, we all know. Joel knows. How is what is the best lessons you learned? Usually, oh, mistakes. when you made mistakes, and your hey, parents or your people around you, you let know, you, even in ministry, in in when, positions. When I was 26 years old, I became a senior pastor for the first time in Sturgis, Michigan. And who thought that greatest, was a good idea? Well, I, that's, <laughs> I, I was wondering myself, uh, and and I remember vividly. I had a group of elders who said to me, "This, listen, you're young. You're going to make mistakes. We're okay." We're going to make mistakes together and because we're going to make mistakes along the way, too. Let's make some mistakes together, but let's learn from them. And there are times in meetings where I would say, <laughs> uh, you know, that thing uh, it didn't go so well. And they're like, oh, yeah, we're well aware. <laughs> you know, like, oh, yeah. OK, but there was I w- it was met with grace. Yeah, now, if so I good. continued to do it, yeah. it would be met not with grace. But there was times they came to me and said, well, you know, we held you back. But see, this is that this is that ability. You know, notice that the disciples didn't just go out once and say, Jesus. I don't want to do that again. He's like, okay, great. You know what? Uh, see ya. Go out yeah. and do it again. Yeah. Push it, push them out. The yeah. Door. Yeah. You can't fail to get back on the horse after you fall out. Off. Right. You know, you have to get right. back up and you have to keep but going. Some reason though, we've gotten to this stage in life and we feel like in order to send people out, they feel like they have to have all the answers yes. to everything. Yes. So listener, hear this. Now you may think less of me, but you th- you already know this about me. Here's here's the reality. Uh, I felt the pressure as a young pastor. What happens when somebody asks me a question I don't know the answer to? Here's what I came up with. I tell them this. I don't know the answer to that. I'm honest. Be honest. Yeah. We get to this point, and, and but I do say this. I don't know the answer. Uh, but how about this? Uh, one week from today, let's sit down together at the coffee shop. I'm going to do some research. You do some research. Let's see what the Lord tells us about your question in the next, you know, next seven days. And let's sit down. That's honesty. That's transparency. For some reason, we feel like people, at least my experience is when I ask people, you know, hey, uh, who are you discipling? Oh, I can never do that. I can never do that. Why? I don't know the answers. That's actually the best training Mm. people could have is to go and start doing it. But we live in a paralyzed type of a world where people aren't moving out because they're afraid of what they might encounter. Yeah. Uh, this is, man, and, and, and on top of that, by the way, this is a team sport. Totally. We get, we get to have other people alongside of us helping disciple, disciple people too. I mean, that's the beauty of the body of Christ, right? Like I, I'm, I'm sure we've all been in the situation where it's like, man, I've got this person that I'm trying to help. I'm trying to, help them walk in a deeper relationship with Jesus. But there is a thing in their life or whatever that I don't know how to walk with them well in for, for, for whatever reason I have a lack of experience or lack of whatever, but chances are there is another person. There is a, that, that can, that can help you maybe give some wisdom, give you some insight. I just, you know, we, in the business world, like networking is everything. And by the way, in the discipleship world, networking is everything. Um, I, I just, you know, we've talked about the relational discipleship network. I, Chris, I know this has been super true for you because you've been connected with it longer than I have, uh, as as has Angie. But uh, 
knowing knowing that there are other like-minded, committed followers of Jesus out there who are living on mission for the purpose of discipleship, when I come up against something, uh, I consider I've got a group of um, through uh, through the connection with with RDN, I've got a, a group of uh, executive pastors and administrators that I connect with. So sometimes it's on discipleship stuff. Sometimes it's on other things. But it's like, man, is it great to be able to know? Like, I don't have to go at this alone, and I don't, I don't have to have all the answers. There's other people that do have the resources. Um, well, yeah, even within our own staff, you know, I, sure. When a senior pastor feels like they have to have all the answers, then then there's probably problem number one. I love that I can walk across the hall and ask you guys opinions and, and down the hall and ask others opinions and ask elders opinions. But see, this is where I think this is that whole growth model. We have to get beyond ourselves and realize we need to do life together and community, and, and that's how we grow. I love the Relational Discipleship Network. It's been a great partnership. I really, really value them. It's a family yeah. for us. I love on this stage of life deal, though, and in this wheel that they don't say adult, become a spiritual adult. Right. Uh, they say become a spiritual parent because adults just grow older. Yeah. Par- parents yeah. parents reproduce. Yep. And I think that's critical. You think uh, – here's, here's my belief. I think there are a lot of people that are sitting in pews all across the, the world today, especially in the church in America, and believe that they are spiritually mature because they are older that doesn't make them mature. Uh, the question becomes with maturity, have you reproduced yourself? Are you making disciples? Uh, and and that is the, the measuring benchmark uh, for discipleship. So I find it very interesting when we start to introduce people in our congregation to this, people all of a sudden come back and they say, I'm not as spiritually mature as I think I am, and that bothers me. Why? Because we want to be viewed as being mature, and yet pride says, I'm not. Well, I think the reason I like how you said that it's parent versus adult, because a parent, as a parent, you don't know everything. And I think there's a little of that, still that knowledge and understanding that needs to happen. And as a parent, you're constantly seeking new knowledge, new understanding, constantly growing, trying to, one, remember we ought to abide with Christ. To, we got to be a disciple. We have to, to make disciples. You have to be a disciple as a parent. You I, have to grow. I'm going to go out on a limb and think that, Angie, you read a parenting book or two along the way. <laughs> Just knowing that, or fifteen, yeah, or twenty, within the first six months, it sounds right. It sounds right. But isn't it great? You didn't just go. All right, we're going to make this up right. on our way. But no, I, even yeah. at that stage, sometimes of maturity, I, I, I try to look like I know what I'm doing. Well, you don't. Do you don't not. fool us. Yeah, you don't fool us. No, no. Here's here's totally the reality, joking. though. But at at that stage, even at what we deem mature, you're still putting you're still putting growth effort. and mm-hmm. and effort and resources into becoming I, mature and I think we forget to say this about the Absolutely. parent and I think we just see that everybody's just this adult oh I've arrived Bingo. you never arrive in your Christian faith until you get to heaven yep. and I still will never remember everybody knows my dad but his mom told me she was 72 years old she just started a Bible study of experiencing God by Henry Blackaby right when it came out it was like early 90s <laughs> anyways she goes and she, she told me she goes you can never stop learning and never stop growing in Jesus. 
And that's where the difference exactly. is between a parent and an yeah. adult. That's maturity. So you as, know, as, yeah. we, as we start the process, I think, of winding this episode down, here's the question. What are we reproducing? So go back to the beginning of this conversation. Why are churches struggling? Why is why is our church struggling at times? What is it that, that other churches in our area are, are struggling with? Well, we're trying to reproduce what we are. And so churches are growing, but they're not necessarily growing with mature believers. They're growing with more and more infants because the infants are bringing other infants and infants are bringing more infants and infants are bringing spiritually dead people. And before you know it, we're our pre- churches we're are a big preschool. Are pre- <laughs> it's a great way to say it. Yeah. And, and we don't have enough hands. And it's yep. just like any church. We need more nursery help, yep. uh, by the way. Uh, That's contact true. Angie yeah. Brennan, Please. Uh, if you are willing to volunteer in the nursery. Uh, so Here's the reality, though. But but we have we're tons of nurseries, and then staffs are burning out. Why? Because they're running around changing diapers all the time, and there's not enough spiritually mature people to help them disciple, handle, mature, help others grow. Because we're reproducing what we are, we're not reproducing spiritual maturity. Oh, was yes. that a mic drop? Amen and amen. You can't. This one's attached to the table, so you can't drop it. But. Uh, <laughs> but God, volunteer for the nursery. Yeah, but please volunteer for the nursery. Uh, guys, I, I, I really hope – I mean this has been – this is a little bit of a, of a nuts and bolts uh, episode here. It, we're really trying to help both ourselves, I think, because the more we talk through this conversation um, about the stages of discipleship, really it is us putting a mirror to ourselves and saying – are we doing this? Is this something that we're doing? Or are we just are we just fooling ourselves? Um, because maturity is a not like growing toward maturity is a non negotiable in the life of a in the life of a disciple. And so, um, yeah, we just we want to we want to have that conversation. We want to help equip and empower. And and not only that, we want to live it out ourselves. We want to be authentic in 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 growing as well because it is a it is a lifelong lifelong process. So. Uh, yeah, we hope this conversation has been helpful, giving you some things to think about. Uh, we will be back next week to continue on our conversation about another another aspect of uh, the discipleship journey, and we hope you will join us then again. So until next time, friends, grace and peace. At Home, the podcast is produced by Wakarusa Missionary Church in Wakarusa, Indiana. If you've enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and share this episode. Additional resources related to each episode can be found by visiting walkymc.org. That's W-A-K-Y-M-C.org. From there, you can click on the At Home tab for more information. Thanks for listening.